Welcome to Rethink Retail, the show where we dive into the stories and strategies behind some of the most successful brands on the planet. From brick and mortar giants to e-commerce disruptors, we uncover the secrets to their success and deliver the keys to true retail transformation. So ask yourself, are you ready to rethink retail? The future of retail starts now. Hello, and welcome back to another episode of the Rethink Retail podcast. I'm your host, Gabriella Bach, and we are here today live at the Lead Innovation Summit in New York City at Pier 36. I'm here with my guest, Danny Tan. She is the head of product marketing and merchandising at Authentic Brands. And she's worked with some incredible brands such as Juicy Couture, Diane von Furstenberg, and Aero Pastel, just to name a few. Danny, thanks so much for coming on the show today. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Thank you so much for having me today. I'm super, super excited. Well, we're super excited to have you here today, too. We met a couple of times online before the show, and you just exude this just real zeal and passion for the retail space and with working with women in retail and, you know, just working with women in leadership in general, which is something I definitely want to get into here with you in a little bit. But before we get there, can you just tell us a little bit about yourself and your journey to your current role at Authentic Brands? Yeah. So um, I've been in retail for a decade plus. Let's just say that. Um, I feel like that always catches people off guard, but I've been here. Definitely does. <laughs> right? So there's that. But really how it kind of started was I was working in so many different industries. I was actually working in sales and PR. And I was living in Arizona and I want to move to New York. And I was like, let me let me get to New York. How do I do that? And I reached out to every single person I knew. And I got a job at New York and Company being a sample coordinator. And I was like, I have no idea what this job is, but it's so cool that I can just get clothes shot to be sold on a website. And it just started to evolve. And so I was like, oh, my gosh, I can go into merchandising. I can go into digital. I can become really an owner of a brand and essentially become an entrepreneur, which was just super empowering to me of like, I can run a brand. So that's just how it started. And now I'm I'm here. Incredible. And I love that you have such a, you know, sky's the limit attitude. And that's something that you're helping to share and cultivate in other women in retail as well, serving as a mentor, running workshops and uh, and leadership empowerment circles for women, you know, on top of your role at Authentic Brands. So can you kind of tell me a little bit about your own personal experience working as a woman in retail and how those experiences really inspired you to want to now give back to other women in retail? Yeah, no, definitely. So I proudly say I'm first generation Asian Latina. And so I'm first gen to graduate college in my immediate family. I'm first generation to be born in the United States. I'm Puerto Rican, Filipino, and Chinese. And going throughout retail, I didn't have role models within my own immediate family or friend group to say, okay, this is how you ask for a promotion. This is how you negotiate your salary. And so I just figured out on my own and then through finding mentors that eventually could help me. So I found that, you know, through digging my way up, 11 promotions in 11 years, I was like, if I'm annoying and I can push my way through, I can only imagine someone who might need some advice or help or a model to say, hey, you know what? You have to advocate for yourself and speak up for yourself. And so I was approached by coworkers. I was approached by ex-colleagues asking for that help. And that's kind of how the leadership and career coaching kind of kicked off of like, wow, there is like such a need 
and I'm here to give it. And it just gives me so much joy. Okay, I love that. And I love that you're using that joy to now inspire other women and help them grow their careers so that they too can feel that similar joy. So that is amazing. And you know, you brought up a point about how in your career, you really had to try and figure out how to really advocate for yourself when in negotiations and seeking promotions, which I think ties in really well with a term that I I wanted to ask you about because I know you've spoken on it quite a bit, which is the confidence gap. So can you tell us what the confidence gap is and how you are helping women overcome it? Yeah, so there's this confidence gap that I definitely see throughout my coaching um, where women are applying for roles and they feel they have to be 100% qualified for the role. No, please, please don't. If you're applying for a role that you're 100% qualified for, you are overqualified for that role, right? A big part of it comes down to this feeling that we feel like we might get found out or figured out once we're in the role. I didn't know how to do 100% of what was on the job description. And that is just not the case. No, you have to go into a role knowing that you're there to grow and learn on the job as well. Mm -hmm. If anyone's anticipating, you know, 100%, those expectations should go out the window. That's not fair. And so it's really just trying to build that self-belief and that self-confidence when you're going into those job applications and applying for those roles. You can tell I'm really passionate about it. And there's a stat I saw, like something crazy, like 60% of women don't go after the roles that they want because like they might even be overqualified for them, but they don't go after them because they feel like they're not qualified or they don't like check every single box. Yes. So we stop ourselves before we even go and apply, which is such a shame, right? So versus looking at a job description and saying, you know what, I don't think I should apply for it because I don't fit all the qualifications. No, just go for it and apply. And the worst that happens is maybe you don't get your foot in the door, you yeah. don't get that interview. But the best thing that happens is you get a brand new opportunity. Yeah. And you've made a connection too, right? You know, so even if you might not get that role, that there might be another role that opens up and you just never know, but the connection is there. And really just speaking to the power of networking, which I, I know you have spoken a lot about too, and and mentorship. So can you tell us a little bit about how you work as a mentor? And then also, I don't know, maybe share a story of a mentor of your own that has helped shape your career. I really do believe that there's power in conversations and how conversations can turn into job opportunities or even just education in general for yourself. And so for me in networking and building mentors and finding sponsors has been so, so important throughout my entire career. I can give you like two great stories. One story at my first role, I was a coordinator, an associate, trying to go to an associate level. And my manager gave me the promotion. And I think I got like a smaller increase than I was anticipating. And I was like, okay, thank you. Because I thought I should just accept what was given to me and be okay with it. She really came in as a mentor. And she said, I want you to take this sheet of paper and push it back and say you're declining this offer and to negotiate higher. And something that, you know, I don't know that how common that story is for everybody else. But that was really something where I was like, this is a mentor, and I want to make sure I'm able to do that, too. Mm-hmm. And the other sense, too, is when I was working in retail, I wanted to break into the digital space. And, you know, my current boss right now, he took a risk on me. And I said to him, I don't have experience doing site merchandising, but I have experience in, you know, merchandising retail. And he said, as long as you can learn the systems and apply them, come on, let's go. And yeah. I've stuck with him throughout two companies. So it's really, really great to have strong mentors and sponsors. Yeah, absolutely. You know, you might not have every single skill that's listed on a job application, but, you know, a lot of those skills that we have are totally transferable. And as long as you have 
the right attitude and the willingness to learn and to be coached. And also, as you said, just really be confident in the fact that we all have skills that are unique and can be applied to these positions that might not necessarily be calling for these skills, but could really desperately need them. And, you know, we're also speaking to the power of networking and we're here at the LEAD Summit, which is a great opportunity for networking. Uh, we're looking out at the crowd. There's probably, a, I think, a snack break happening right now mm -hmm. and just dozens of people stopping by to catch up. So some great conversations uh, going on here at the show, as well as right here at the Rethink Retail booth. And Danny, I know you have a panel today. Can you give us a little sneak peek on some of the insights you're planning to share? Yeah, so the panel today is essentially how we can use data to affect our, you know, either product roadmap or assortment to really enhance the customer experience. That's not the official name, but that's essentially the gist. And so what I'm going to talk about today is, you know, how we used some of our customer data or our customer survey in order to implement and create new products that helped mm -hmm. amplify the customer experience. So whether it was, hey, she really wanted to have some kind of, you know, VIP experience, membership experience on the site, we implemented that. Also how we implemented and affected our gift guide for holiday. So I'll be talking about the wins there from just listening to your customers. Fantastic. And, you know, big, big topic for this year and really over the last couple of years. Can you share an example then from authentic brands on how you guys are harnessing customer data to create, you know, really personalized experiences, whether that be from your marketing or, or even, you know, within product development? So throughout our customer data, the thing that we found that's super, super important is doing personas. So not just saying, okay, who is our one general customer? No. What are the different levels or personas of our customer group? And how can we go ahead and start to segment and, you know, make messaging supporting around those different personas, whether it's during the holiday time period or all year round, how we can we go ahead and just offer that up to them, whether it's through email or SMS, we'll be into the site experience of PLPs. Fantastic. And I know you guys are um, working on this within Juicy Couture and you're finding a lot of success within it. So can you give us some specifics on how you are leveraging customer feedback, customer data, developing personas within the Juicy universe. So Juicy, we, we did the survey. So for Juicy, we sent out a survey, email survey to our customers, and we said, okay, give us give us the, you know, the tea. This literally says, give us the tea. Through that, we said, okay, where do you wear your Juicy? How do you identify? Like, are you empty nester? Are you a sassy student? What are you looking for to have within the customer experience? They're like, they're saying they want to be IB and more colors. So we basically served up all the things that we wanted to implement and or that we had ideas on. And they went in and narrowed it and solidified like, no, this is what you need to do, girl. And so with that, we're actually going to start offering customized bling coming in October. So that's all based on customer data. Amazing. And I, I love it. And I got to say, customized bling is just so on brand for Juicy Couture. It's perfect. Anything else, Danny? Anything new coming up? Any product launches or campaigns you'd like to share with us that you're really excited about? Yeah. I mean, the custom bling has been long awaited. So I'm really, really excited for that too. She just loves bling so much and she's shouted up to the rooftops that she wants it. And the data itself, the survey yeah. itself gave us the power and ability to work with our partners in order to make it happen because mm -hmm. obviously it's an investment to do that kind of work. Okay. Danny, can you can you just tell me a little bit more about the custom bling? Because as a juicy purse girl of the mid two thousands, I I just really need to know about the bling. There's going to be. I hope I'm not releasing too much. No. <laughs> um. So one of the first ones is going to be astrology, and so the custom in that piece is 
you know, what is your sign versus what is the color versus what is the bling that you're able to pick the rhinestone. So just giving her what she wants. Our customer says it all the time in the socials, the comments, that she wants that one item in so many colors. And I think if we were just to do that, we would have just bling in 50 colors on the website. But obviously, we have to find that right balance. And for us, for, you know, ABG, for us as brand owners, we want to make sure that we're offering up a juicy, juicy universe, juicy lifestyle, and that we're serving up other categories as well. So we have to make sure we find that right balance, even throughout all the data yeah. and all the feedback yeah. that we receive. Yeah, and I'm, I'm really curious. So for their customized bling, are you seeing the demand for that mainly like from Gen Z? Because, you know, we're kind of seeing the younger consumers with like nostalgia trends and like the the whole resurgence of the like McBling era, no pun intended. Definitely. So 18 to 34. And some really identified as the young professional or the sassy student. And then it kind of went to a little bit older. So we definitely are seeing that kind of resurgence, essentially. This custom bling really is for everyone that we can really see because that's just the number one item. Bling is back. You guys heard it here first. Without a doubt. It goes beyond age on that one. It absolutely does. Like my grandmother is in her 70s and she is the most blinged out woman I've ever seen in my life. So definitely transcends generations. Um, and, you know, Danny, to wrap, is, is there any like big emerging trends that you've got your eye on right now and you'd really like to advise other retailers and attendees here at the show to be really paying attention to? Yeah. I mean, I think overall the biggest thing for me is like data and AI are such hot topics right now. It's totally fine, right? I mean, I'm going to say something maybe controversial. Data was always there, right? So now it's just how you use it and how we can go ahead and slice it and dice it. For me, it will always be about the customer and how we can use whatever new technology is coming to help amplify that experience and to make it easier for them to either shop or feel seen and identified through that brand and building a community. So for me, that's really where it's at. Absolutely. Well said, Danny. Thank you so much for coming on the show today. It was such a pleasure to chat with you. Good luck on your panel. And I, I really hope we can connect again and have you on the show again in the future. Amazing. Thank you so much. Thank you for listening to the Rethink Retail podcast. Don't forget to join us next week for another episode. And if you're interested in being a guest on the show, apply at rethink.industries slash podcast guest. That's rethink.industries slash podcast guest. Follow us on Twitter at rethink underscore retail and show some love by subscribing on iTunes podcast app. Until next time.